morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're in the building or whether you're watching us online this morning, we welcome you. We want to talk about the good news of the message of Jesus Christ, and that is that he loves us and that he's put his word in our hearts and the promises that he's made to us will never end. Can I start by giving you some good news this morning? Some of you may know that since October, I've been struggling with a kidney stone issue, and I've had a number of procedures uh, regarding that. Well, this past Monday, 
they wanted to go in with a scope because they said I had a log jam of two millimeter fragments over here in the left side too. And uh, long story short, on Monday when they got in there, the log jam was gone. So I don't know who cleared it up or what cleared it up, but I'm just going to go with God did his amazing work and he fulfilled his promise that he would always be with us. He would never leave us. He would never forsake us. So are you ready to worship this morning? If you're in the building, let's stand. If you're at home, let's get ready to worship the Lord this morning. Lord, we thank you for your promises. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you are filling this place with your glory. Hallelujah. I give you glory for all you brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I'm moving forward to follow after you.
Lord, we lift our voices in praise and our hearts to you in gratitude today for all that you have done and all that you will do. Lord, I don't know who needs a breakthrough today. I don't know who needs your spirit. But God, we pray in the name of Jesus that whether people are in this building or watching us online, that you would bring breakthrough in people's lives today. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like that breakthrough. Again, whether you're in this room today or whether you're watching us online, if you need a breakthrough from the Lord, somebody has been praying for something for maybe a long time, the answer to that prayer is coming. And I want you to know something. I was having a conversation with somebody after service last night. They were talking about worshiping the Lord when you don't feel like it and praying when you don't feel like it. I want to tell you folks that worship prayer, they don't always change our circumstances, but they always change us. We are always changed when we are transported into the presence of God and when we allow Him to do His work in us. Amen? Lord, we thank You for that promise. And God, we thank You for Your great love. The love that went all the way to the cross for us. Spared no expense took every one of our sins. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for that love. Lord, we thank you today that we can just rest in that. That we can rest in your promises.
for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit on this day, the day of the Lord. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. How many of you are happy to be in the presence of the Lord today? Thank you, Jesus. Our scripture this morning is found in the third chapter of the book of Zephaniah, which reads, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. For the Lord will remove his hand of judgment and will disperse the armies of your enemies. And the Lord himself, the King of Israel, will live among you. At last, your troubles will be over and you will never again fear disaster. On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, Cheer up, Zion, don't be afraid, for the Lord your God is living among you. How many of you know that God is living among us today? Hallelujah. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight with you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs the word of God for God's people and let us look to the Lord dear heavenly father thank you for being our mighty warrior thank you for being a God who cannot fail thank you father that when we go through tough times and if we look all around us right now we know that tough times exist in this world But thank you, God, for being a God who is with us, Emmanuel. Thank you, God, for all who believe, for preparing a place for us that is everlasting through all eternity. Oh, Father, we love you so much. We worship you. We thank you for not leaving us comfortless, for sending your Holy Spirit to walk with us, to show us the way to give us a heart to love others, to give us a heart to serve others. And we thank you, Lord, for pouring out your Holy Spirit over those who are in this room and over each person who is with us in our virtual congregation. Oh, Lord, we love you today. We ask now that you just bless this worship experience, Father. Bless every hand that is lifted to you. Bless every voice that is raised to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Hey, CTC family. I'm Casey, and here's this week's news. As a part of expanding our online campus reach, we are launching an online-only service at 11 a.m. beginning on February 21st. There will not be an in-person service at that hour at the Bear Campus. Just like the 9 a.m. broadcast, you will have the chance to interact with our hosts and greeters, give online, and ask for prayer. We will continue to meet in person at 6 p.m. Saturday and 9 a.m. Sunday at the Bear Campus, and in person at 11 a.m. at the Ellesmere Campus. 
Our Beyond Zoom meeting will move from 11 a.m. to 12.15 p.m. We are proud to announce that after several months of work, we will be rolling out a brand new website beginning on February 21st. The new website gives us the chance to more effectively convey our vision to love, serve, and engage. The new site will give you access to all of our ministries, including our Senior Center and Early Learning Center. It will also give you easier access to getting involved at CTC. The new web address will be ctcde.church. Bookmark it now, and it will be live on February 21st. Life groups are a vital part of our church, giving people a chance to connect and serve together. We have a new group forming now called Quilts for Love. The group will meet monthly on Zoom and will be making quilts for Helen Graham as well as other local charities. If you are interested in this group, contact Milady Simpson at miladycreates at yahoo.com or call 302-344-4165. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.net or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.net or if you are worshiping online, you can click the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. There's one day of the year when love is celebrated in abundance. Big red hearts passed to all of our friends. Bags of the best chocolate consumed by the pound. Cards, candy, nice meals, surprise gifts. It's lavish and lovely and reminds us of all the good things. But what does love look like when it spills to every other day of the year? Maybe it's food banks always stocked. Hard conversations over hot cups of coffee. Holding the hand of a stranger. Sticking it out through hard times. Sitting in grief. It's not even yours. Delivering hope through a simple card. Laughter and goodwill. Provision, protection, patience. Forgiveness before it's asked. Walking a mile in another's shoes. We know this kind of love because we saw it. Love is the son willing to hang on the cross. The God willing to die in our place. The father who had a plan to save his children. From the moment he created us, we were always on his heart and still are every day of the year. As we continue in worship, just know that we want to connect with you, whether you're in the room today or whether you're in our online congregation. There is a um, connect card if you're in the room on your table or in your bench seat where you can list your name and the name of your family members who are with you here today. And also, if you're online, there is a connect tab where you can list your name and the names of your family members who are worshiping with you on this beautiful day that God has made for us to worship him Whether you're online or in person, 
there is also a place where you can memorialize your prayer request. If you're new here online, there is a tab that you can click where you can enter your demographic information and we will reach out to you at a later date. If you're, if you're new here and you're in person, as you exit the mall, there is a welcome center where you may stop and members of our pastoral staff will greet you and give you a welcome gift. Also, if you have prayer concerns and you're in the house, please look at your giving envelope. On that envelope, you may list prayer concerns. You may also give an offering to God and you may also update your demographic information. If you're online and you'd like to give, please get click the giving tab where you may also give back to the Lord a measure of what he has given to you. Exodus 34 verses 4 and 5 say, This is the thing the Lord commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a generous heart, give back a portion to him. Bring the Lord's contribution. God loves a cheerful giver, and I know that you know that. So no one should ever give grudgingly. Just give back to God so that the work that he wants us to do becomes a tangible reality in our world. So right now we're going to turn and prepare for the message. So I'm going to ask that you stand with me as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you on this day because you have given your Son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior. And for all those who believe in him, the gift of eternal salvation. Father, as we turn to prepare to hear from you, we ask that you, Lord, be glorified and that we, your people, be edified. Please, from our eyes, remove any scales, anything that would hinder us from hearing clearly from you, O Lord. Please open our ears. We are your vessels. You are the potter, Lord, and we are the clay. We thank you, Father God, for the sweet, sweet spirit that is in this place because we know that that is the spirit of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for our pastor, for the man of God whom you have sent for this hour. We thank you for the message that you have given him. And we thank you, Lord, for just being our Lord. We ask that you bless us, Lord, that you keep us. In Jesus' name, we pray and let his people say, Amen. Please be seated.
Good morning again, and it's wonderful to be with you. Thank you for coming out. Those of you who are here in the room, thank you for uh, braving the ice, scraping your windshields off or, or whatever uh, you need to do. You know, it's Valentine's Day. We ought to know that. Carolyn and I are so much into Valentine's Day that we got in the car this morning, and along the way, I think I said, oh, happy Valentine's Day, by the way. <laughs> You know, we're really, really into it. But Carolyn did give me a somewhat of a Valentine's gift this last week. Uh, you know, on Wednesday, last Wednesday we had quite a bit of snow. Maybe it was Tuesday, I can't remember. And I got up and I knew that we had to, uh, to do some clearing off. But I didn't give myself quite enough time. So I went out and cleared my car off. And, you know, Carolyn is the administrative assistant here at the church for me, and uh, one of them. And uh, so she was about 15 minutes, 20 minutes getting to work behind me. So I left and I cleaned my car off and got to the church. And by the time I got here to the church, I had a, I had received a text message from Carolyn. And this is what the text message said. It said to me, we got it. Carolyn said, definitely one of the language, one of my Carolyn said, definitely one of my love languages is my husband cleaning the snow off my car, just for future reference. She's giving me a tip. You know, years ago, I don't remember who wrote the book, The Five Love Languages. I can't even tell you what the five love languages are. But so I replied, she said, I love you. I can clean off my own car, LOL. Also, I'm going to be a little late for work. And I replied, yeah, I'm sorry your husband is so lame, but I'm sure your boss will understand and give you the extra time. (laughs) There's a lot of love shared between me and Carolyn, and we're really good at this. Carolyn, I love you. Well, she's not in the room. She's in her office. She's not. (laughs) And we shared we shared I love you's this morning. Well, we're concluding our series, and today we're concluding this view of. God's perspective of the world by looking at how God looks at us. And the way God looks at us is always with love. God looks at us through the eyes of love because God is love. There's no other way that God can look at the world except through the eyes of his love for us. God created us because he loves us and he wanted us to exist just as a Just as the husband and a wife come together and out of their love for coming together, their love for one another is expressed a child. New life comes from love. That's the way God created it. So God is love, the Bible tells us, in many ways. So in this series, we we heard uh, the first time that God is a seeking God. God is constantly, his perspective is that he's always looking for me and for you to come back to him. God gives us uh, who believe in him the ability to tell others about God's love and to experience it in our lives. We learned that God created us to speak and to receive God's love. He created us just as the potter creates a vessel in order to receive something You were created to receive God's love. And it's not that, you know, as if a potter creates a pitcher and then he closes the top off of it. What good would that pitcher be? God did not create us with the inability to experience his love. No, the opposite is true. God created us with the intention that we would be filled with his 
love. That's what you were created for. And then we learned that God created us to be bridge builders so that others could realize their potential to be people who experience God's love. And finally, today we look at the goal that God has. His goal that God has in mind is that every person experiences his love. The mission of our church says, for we are here in order to love God so that all people may experience the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here as a church, and that's our purpose. I want us to go to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Luke chapter 5, 1 through 11. A simple story. It says, One day Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. Jesus noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them, and they were washing their nets. Jesus stepped into one of the boats and asked its owner, Simon, to push out into the water. So Jesus sat down in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now, go out where it is deeper and let down your nets in order to catch some fish. Peter, Simon Peter replied, Master, we worked all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. And a shout for help brought their partners out to the boat. And soon, both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Simon Peter realized what had happened. He fell to his knees before Jesus and he said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. I know that many preachers have have preached on this passage many times. I've preached on it at least several times. It is a powerful passage. It is full of all kinds of things, we could say. But I'll narrow it down to a few. (laughs) Yay, you're cheering. I can hear you. Let's look at this through a perspective of, of, of fish, I guess. All fish are hungry. And we as human beings have hungers. We sang about that in one of the songs that we sang. The overwhelming love of God. We long for God's love. And so like fish, we also hunger for things. Fishermen cast out their bait in order to attract the fish because they know that the fish are hungry for something. I am not a fisherman. I don't know anything about fishing. I am amazed at people who actually cast a line and they hook something and bring it in, something other than a boot or a tree, which is what I would usually catch. Apparently, I know what kind of bait boots and trees like. (laughs) I have no idea what kind of bait a fish likes. But some people do. 
And we human beings, like fish, have hungers for something. There are certain things that all of us crave and long for. And I want to talk about four of those things. And Jesus knows what our bait is. Jesus knows what we will respond to. Jesus, because Jesus is our creator and he is the one who satisfies our longings and our needs. So let's talk about some of four things that... Uh, hungers that we have. The first hunger I'll talk about is the hunger for purpose. We all need purpose. I think that's wonderful. And when we lose our purpose in life, we're confused. We don't know which way to turn. We don't know where to go. We don't know how we contribute to our lives or somebody else's life. But when we can't contribute to somebody else's life or we can't make an impact... We get frustrated and we're not quite sure what we're doing or what we're about or why we're here because we were made for a purpose. We were made to crave purpose and God gives us purpose. We need to know that we matter, that we have purpose. A second uh, craving that we have is to, is to feel secure. It's to be freed from fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety is something that we long, at least not to have, but we long for the opposite, the absence of fear and anxiety. When we fear God has created us, that when we are afraid, we will run. When, we, when our lives are, are threatened, we will survive. God created us, probably I should have put survive. (laughs) But fear and anxiety are things, the freedom of it is what we long for. Anxiety, we all feel anxiety. And especially in our world today, and I think this is a trend that has been moving. I know people have felt fear and anxiety for all time. And we are no different than that. And the the way that we, we, we expect more from one another. We have these devices called smartphones, and, and they keep us connected with everybody, everything, every time, our calendars, our contacts, our tasks that we have to do. And, and we are constantly bombarded with all the things that we are supposed to do and that we have to keep in order. And we're pressing our children to do more, to take more, to learn more, to, to endure more. And, and I think that our bodies and our minds have, have a threshold that once beyond that, We get anxious. But Jesus doesn't want us to be anxious. And it is a it is a difficult task for us to learn to live life without anxiety. But Jesus knows that this is a hunger of ours. And he it's a a bait that Jesus gives to us that draws us to him. We're going to learn in a second what Jesus draws us. A third hunger that we have, as we sang about earlier, is the hunger for love. As I said earlier, God created us to be filled with His love. And when we don't experience love in our lives, we're not experiencing the life that Jesus wants us to experience. And the kind of love that we were created to experience is, is, is not just an emotional love, although that's part of it. It is a, it is a real, genuine, it's physical. It's a decision to love, to be loved, not because we have earned it, not because we deserve it, but just because we exist. You matter because you are. 
You are loved simply because you are. I remember seeing some television show this week in which, um, I don't know, it was some travel show or something like that, and, and somebody came across an old ancient building that had a, that had a hole in the wall of a church. And on it, it had a, a kind of a turntable that was that turned one way and it was open, turned another way and it was closed. And the reason that was created was because there were so many children who were born without families that could take care of them that this was a place where, where a mother or a father or a friend or an aunt or an uncle or whoever could bring that child that they could not care for, they could place, they could open, swing that door around so it was open, they would place the child into it, and then they would turn it, and the child would move to the inside of the building, and they could walk away knowing that the, the priests and the nuns and the monks would take care of this child. Because every child was created to be loved. Unconditionally. And we long for this unconditional love. And we all have experienced times and relationships in our lives where it is absolutely just quid pro quo, as the, as the Latin says. You rub my back and I'll rub yours. But if you don't rub my back, you ain't getting no rub back rub from me. That's not unconditional love. But God's love for us is unconditional just because we're created. And a fourth hunger that we have is a freedom from guilt. We all have done wrong things. We all have made bad decisions. We all have hurt somebody else. We all have said to God, thank you, God, for giving me this life, but I don't need it. I don't need you in it. You started me and that's it. And I'll take it from here, God. But when we do that, we we lose that constant flow of God's life-giving and life-changing love in our lives. And we, we eventually begin to live in a way that God never intended for us to live. And that is a way that we lose love, we lose our sense of uh, purpose, we, lo- we, we, we live in, in fear and anxiety. So who's going to restore us? Who's going to bring us back to that? We need forgiveness. We need to turn around and say, God... I'm sorry that I said I don't need you, but the truth is, God, I need you. And it is Jesus Christ who makes that way for us to come back to God. It is Jesus whose death on the cross forgives us. I read once where where somebody was talking about the life of a person who does not believe that there is a God. And this person was, was saying uh, about people who believe there is no God, I feel sorry for them. Because they don't, believe that they don't believe that there is a God and they have no one who will tell them, I forgive you. God says to us, through Jesus, I forgive you. Even for those sins, for those things that are deep within my heart that I don't tell anybody about, God still forgives me for those things. One of those, one of, one of the things that I am, am willing to admit <laughs> is Valentine's Day. There are times in my marriage when Carolyn has said to me, don't talk to me that way. Don't speak to me in that tone. Don't give me that look. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about, those of you who are married. And I've been married. Carolyn and I will be celebrating our 30th anniversary in April. And that's a long time for Carolyn to 
get those behaviors, to get that tone out of me. (laughs) But every now and then, it still pops up. And Carolyn is always, not always, I'm sorry, Carolyn, not always quick. But she's human too. But she says to me, I forgive you. And then there are times when I say, Carolyn, oh, I blew it again. I'm sorry. And Carolyn says, I forgive you. And she says, don't do that again. And I say, I will try. Because I know. But God still forgives me. Even for those things that I know I'm going, I'm likely to do again because of my temperament, because of my personality, because of my stupidity, whatever it might be. God always says, I forgive you. Let's never forget that. And so he brings us freedom from guilt. So Jesus, if Jesus refers to us as fish, and these are the, these are at least four of the hungers that we could name some more of them. Where do we go to satisfy these hungers that we have? The answer is Jesus, who comes. He becomes the bait that we grab hold of, which lures us from this life to a new life in God. That, ha- that might be an oversimplistic explanation, but I believe it's true. In other words, Jesus satisfies every hunger and longing that our human life craves. And when we turn away from God, we are turning away from the source of the nourishment through Jesus Christ. And I think it's probably, let's let's stick with the fish analogy. We know that a fish, now we know that the fish that gets caught is is going to death. (laughs) And so a fish fights. But if the fish knew... Uh, I suppose we could we could extend the the analogy and say that the fish is giving up its life in order to give life for somebody else. So maybe the analogy needs to go. Okay, at that moment, Jesus jumps in the water. He becomes the fish for us inside our lives. And so he gives his life so that we can have life. That's what Jesus does. For us. Let's go back to Luke chapter 5. One day Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Jesus was saying something to them that was so attractive. More and more people were coming to hear him. So many people came to hear him. I don't know if you can see the, the, the edge of the platform here, but I'm standing on the edge of the. They pushed Jesus to the edge of the lake. And he, he knew that more and more people were gathering to hear what he had to say. So he wanted to find a way for his voice to go over the front people and so that the people behind the people in the front could hear what Jesus is saying. And he looked around and he saw Peter and James and John cleaning their nets. There are two boats that are empty. And so Jesus just stepped into one of those boats. He says, push out a little bit. And you know that, wa- that, that water is a, helps sound carry across the water. You can have a conversation in the middle of the lake not realizing that everybody at the edge of the lake can hear what you're saying. But Jesus knew this, that the lake would help broadcast his voice to the crowd. So he pushes out a little bit and he teaches them something. Do you ever wonder what Jesus is teaching them in that moment? But let's, let's think about some of these things. So these are the hungers. And so for the hunger of purpose, 
And I believe Jesus does this. Maybe he didn't say these very words that day, but the Bible shows us what he teaches us. So we go to Luke chapter 7. Just a couple pages over from where we are. Luke chapter 7, verses 29 through 30. Jesus teaches. What did I say? 29 through 30. When the people heard this, even the tax collectors, they all agreed that God's way for life is right. God has a purpose, a plan, a way for us to live. And the people heard what Jesus was saying and understood that it was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in the religious law rejected God's plan for them, for they had refused John's baptism. I think we could do a little theological study as to why John's baptism was so critical to this, but I don't want to get into that today. But let's stick with what they were believing, that God had a plan. Some of them were believing that God had a plan and a purpose for their lives, but others did not. God has a plan for our lives. How about the the fear and anxiety or the desire to be released from it? Let's jump to the Old Testament to hear a scripture about that. God says in Isaiah chapter 41, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 says, do not be afraid, for I am with you. I am with you. Who is with you? Well, the words here say, I am. Nice try, friend. (laughs) But you're right, it was God. But I think it's significant, God says, I am. Takes us back to Moses when Moses, when God said to Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh. And Moses asks God, well, if I go to Pharaoh, who do I say sent me? And God says, tell him, I am sent you. I who exist, I who was, I who am, are, is. <laughs> like, oh, I got stuck on our English grammar. I who will forever be sent you. And in Isaiah, he says, do not be afraid for who's with you? I am is with you. So therefore, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. Tells you who's with you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I already have the victory. I am with you. You need fear nothing. Your anxiety can wash away. We sang about that. Lord, Your presence is all we need. Come, Holy Spirit. The presence of the Lord be with us. Takes, feeds our hunger for freedom of fear and anxiety. What about love? Let's go to the book of 1 John in the New Testament. I know we're jumping all the way through. 1 John chapter 4. Verses 9, 1 John chapter 4, actually the whole book has a lot to say about God's love. And maybe this afternoon you can uh, read the whole book of 1 John. But here, uh, chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, it says, God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Jesus, through Him. This is real love. 
Not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This is what Jesus does for us. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. There is only it is only by the power of God's love in us that we can love one another as God loves us. And that's where love is far more of a decision and a commitment and an action than it is an emotion, because there are many times I'll flip it around. Carolyn does not feel like loving me sometimes because I am not so lovely all the time. But she's made a decision to love me, and I thank God for that, and I thank her for that. Love is a decision. Finally, the hunger that we have for freedom from guilt. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. This is kind of a long passage. It says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, then who can ever be against us? And since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares rescue us from God who has chosen? No, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with him. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he's sitting in a place of honor at God's right hand and he is pleading for us. Jesus is pleading with our heavenly father. Lord, be merciful upon this person. Be merciful upon Rebecca. Forgive her sins. Sorry, Rebecca, pick on you. Jesus is pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or we are persecuted or we're hungry or we're destitute or we're in danger or we are threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for our sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing in nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So Jesus taught these things to the people. He fed the hungers. Like fish swimming to the surface of a boat, to the surface of a lake. Who are eating in, in, in a pond where you're raising fish and the, and the, the owner has fish food. And he casts it across the water. As soon as he does that, you begin to see the water ripple because the fish are coming <laughs> to be nourished. Jesus calls us to him. Let's go back to the story of Peter. Jesus tells them these things. And then Jesus and then Peter has a reaction. 
And after Jesus speaks the things, he gives the words, but now he wants to show them how powerful and loving God is. So he says to Peter, all right, push out to the deep. You smart, strong, wise fishermen. Here am I, knowing nothing about fishing. Apparently, Jesus doesn't, or Peter doesn't understand how good of a fisherman Jesus really is. But he's making his profession fishing. But last night we caught nothing. It's all right, Peter. Row out to the middle. Throw your, cast your nets out. And so Jesus performs a powerful miracle to show the people God's love, God's providence. Notice what, what, what God has done here. God has provided because of His love. Because God wants us to experience, and, and the providence that God gives to us is not just to take care of us. It wasn't just to, to give Peter an income so that he could sell the fish. It was to show God's love and power to all people. So when God sends us out into the world as those who believe in Jesus, He sends us with His power also. So that we can pray, so that we can act, so that we can show God's love to all people. And notice Peter's reaction after that. He got down on his knees. Cameron, are going to follow me? <laughs> he got down on his knees. And he said, I am not worthy to be in your presence Peter knew who Jesus was immediately because of his power. And he says, I can't be with you. But Jesus always welcomes us to into his family, into his presence. Yes, part of God's love for you is that you are worthy to receive his love just because you exist. And God made you to feed on his love and his power. We are here to show and tell. I have a little quick story about show and tell that um, some people don't want me to tell. But I'll do it quickly. You can keep playing, Chris. You're doing fine. <laughs> when I was, this, this is how easy it is for us to show and tell. And God created us to be people who, who are ready to show and tell. I was six years old. And the, my first grade teacher announced that we were going to have show and tell. So I, in a couple of days, so I went home and I said, well, what am I going to show and tell? That week, all right, I lived on a farm, remember this, so don't get grossed out. There's another farm story. My dad was butchering our pig that we were raising to feed the family. The pig was, uh, even though I was six, it was a big pig. It, we, we'd been raising that pig for a long time and it stood about this tall and it was probably uh, about as, as long as from me to my little table over there. And... Uh, it was big. And one of the things that fascinated me about the pigs was how curly their tail was. I was six years old. You know, simple things fascinate a, a six-year-old. So I said, Dad, can I have the pig's tail? It's cute and it's curly. So my dad butchered the pig and when it came time, he sliced the tail off the pig and said, Here you go, Roger. Here's the pig's tail. Now, some of you are looking at me like, I, I, see, I see the look at you. Oh, this is really gross. I wanted to show and tell my friends at school how curly that pig's tail was. <laughs> Rebecca's, you did what? So I, so I took the pig's tail, cleaned it up, 
put it in a little sandwich bag. And these are the kind of sandwich bags back in the 70s. We didn't have the, or at least if they did, we couldn't afford the Ziploc ones. These are just the fold-over ones that sometimes they unfold and your sandwich still falls out. <laughs> How annoying that is. So I put my put put it in the uh, in the bag and went to school that day for show and tell and the and it was and I put I put the pig's tail on my desk. I didn't want to put the pig's tail inside my desk because I was kind of grossed out by it. First of all, and I kind of had this thought in my six-year-old mind that if if I wasn't watching this pig's tail, it just might jump or it just might come back to life and wiggle out of my sandwich bag and get all over my desk and my books. I didn't want that, you know, the imagination of a six-year-old. So I wanted to keep an eye on my pig's tail. <laughs> so I let it sit on top of my desk. Well, the teacher wasn't going to have any of that. So that was just dis- absolutely disgusting. And she probably, like many of you, she was thinking, how in the world could any parents allow their child to bring a pig's tail in for show and tell? But show and tell came, and I had my little baggie, and I, and I held it in front of the class, and I said, this is a pig's tail. And I was all excited to tell about the pig's tail. But there was a sad side to the story because I wasn't really excited. I was really disappointed. But I still was telling them about my pig's tail. And what I had learned about a pig's tail is that when it gets removed off the back of the pig, it's no longer curly. (laughs) And I was so disappointed. I wanted to show them how curly the pig's tail was. But now it was straight and flat. But I thought, okay, there's another lesson to tell. How easy it is. I know that's silly stuff. Forgive me for telling a gross story. But how easy it is. God created us to tell other people things that we're excited about. <laughs> telling you about Jesus and his love. And what, 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 what a greater story that is than just a pig's tail. So what has Jesus done for you? What curl has Jesus put in your life? <laughs> And we know that that curl goes with life, and as soon as life stops, the curl on a pig's tail stops. But Jesus lives forever. So Jesus comes into our lives so that we can always have our curl. (laughs) And it never ends. What a good God God is to love us, to give us purpose. And we're not done yet until God says, every person experiences the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus' final words in the book of Matthew. Jesus says to his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples, these new students of mine, teach them. All the, to obey all the commands I have given to you. And be sure of this. Hear this word one more time. I am. I am with you. Always. Even to the end of the age. Where are you in your life? How are you sharing the good news of Jesus Christ to others? How are you showing good news to others? How are you showing how God provides for us? How are you showing... God's unconditional love for us and others? How are you showing freedom from fear and anxiety? How are you showing God's forgiveness of us to release us from the bonds of, cha- of, the, of sins chains? Will you be willing to help others do this for you?
encourage you to fill out a connect card. Let us know what are, what are the things. Or maybe you need us to pray for you. You can text us. Maybe we have our, our Beyond meeting today, a Zoom meeting at, at 11 o'clock today. We can gather together and talk together about these ideas and what God is doing in our lives, and we'll have some prayer together. And if you're new with us, I encourage you to, to join us on the Zoom meeting. And just introduce yourself, and you don't have to say anything other than that. If you just got, want to hear the conversation, we'd love for you to join us in the Beyond meeting. We can confess and repent our sins. We can make a decision to receive God's love, God's forgiveness in our lives for what Jesus did for us on the cross. Let's pray together. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for loving us so much, unconditionally, forever, that you feed all the hungers that we have. And even when we turn away from you, we still have those hungers, but they go unmet. They go unnourished. And we begin to starve and die until we find life back in you. Help us come to you, Jesus, every moment of every day. Trust in you. Teach us to follow your ways, to be students of yours who don't just think, who just don't just know about you, but we're acting as you act. Thank you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. When we receive the love that Jesus has sacrificed to give us, we receive his grace, we receive his mercy, and we are set free, amen, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Chains that have bound us are loosed, and we are no longer bound to those things. But that's a choice that we have to make. Chains can be loosed, but we can still sit there in our sin. Or when we see those chains loose, we can get up and move. Because God has given us his love so that everyone might experience that. Would you stand as we continue to worship today? If you want to come to the front and pray, you can do that right where you are. Uh, at your home, you can pray. You can ask someone to, to join you in a chat room. If you need prayer, you can just type it in the chat or you can click the request prayer button uh, right where you are at home. And we'll pray with you. Let's worship the Lord this morning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound.
us to receive that grace that you have given us. And to know that no matter where we are, what we've done, what we've seen, what we've been through, what we are going through, that you love us above all, unconditionally. And Lord, help us as the people of God to love other people unconditionally. That's what you've called us to do, to love you and to love people so that everyone might experience your life-changing love. And help us without fail to do that. Lord, while we were yet sinners and while we were unlovable, you loved us. So we thank you. We give you praise and honor. And as we go from this place today, we pray you would strengthen us and encourage us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. Drive safely on your way home. Those watching online, thank you. Our folks will be around in the chat for just a little bit longer. So if you still need prayer, uh, you can uh, ask them to join you in a chat room and they will pray with you. The front will still be open for those of you still in the room. God bless you. Have a great week. And my chains are gone.